I should have the mind to send you to juvenile detention. But instead, I'm sentencing you to live on a ranch to learn a thing or two about responsibility. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Let me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how I had a completely different joke here, but then Apple announced a $3,500 VR headset, and that's what we're talking about now. And Kyle is the only one who's excited about and it. And I want it. I, excited isn't a word I would use. But Kyle, I have a very honest question. What are you excited about doing in VR? Because I, I have not been sold on Once VR again, as a product. I did not use the word excited. Okay, but explain why you're excited. Yeah, It's a toy. It's a new dumb toy, and I want to play with it. And, like, that's all. I want to watch a movie okay. and, and pretend my living room is the ocean okay. or something. Like, okay. Big goggles make brain go burr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best joke I've seen on Twitter so far was someone, like, the stock image of a person just smiling and wearing these dopey glasses. Stupid goggles. Yeah, with the with the the caption, logging on to get fired today. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting onto a call with HR to get fired. The coup de grace here is that Apple pitched this mostly as a way to have worse Zoom meetings with 10 pounds of plastic on your head. And like, mm. who's that for? No one wants that. Nobody wants that. The same people that bought Google Glasses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was even like, those were only two pounds of plastic on your head, mm -hmm. not 10. My favorite bit about those is that when you see the eyes, th those aren't, you aren't looking through the screen to see the person's eyes. That is a screen on the outside imitating your eyes so uh, that you look more human. I hate it. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it awful? Yeah. That's what they did in Bloodborne to torture all those people. They put a big thing over their head and made them pretend that they were in the ocean. Yeah, it is. We just learned so, that in the episode that came out before this. It's great. Yeah, maybe Apple's trying to make Celestials. I hey, we were going to talk about Spider-Man today. Yeah, right? I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you're very thing. right. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is out, and I haven't seen it yet. However, there are two things I know about it. It's one of the very few Sony film franchises that gets overwhelmingly positive reviews, and it is just chock full of Spider's men. Just so many Spider-Man in this movie. And that's why today... Sony has contacted the execs over at Debate This to let us Wait, know. Are we the execs the whole time? No, Andrew. there's no way. There's no Andrew way we've be. been the execs the whole time. Is the call coming from inside the house? Whoa. <laughs> Don't give up the bit. Guys, this is a spoiler for Fight Club. <laughs> anyway, Sony has let us know that they are going all in on the Spider-Verse, and they need some ideas for more films so they can catch up with Disney and the MCU. But they also let us know that they're going to take a slightly different approach to their cinematic universe. This Spider-Man cinematic universe is going to be a little different. Um, instead of a series of films that connect to tell an ongoing serial narrative, they want the SMCU to be an anthology of genre films that are only connected in that they all star a spider person. Spider entity, <laughs> let's say. Spider entity. <laughs> so we at DT exclamation point HQ sat down in our thinking chairs to think and come up with some of the best original takes on classic movie and TV genres and then rammed a person with a spider-based power set into them. So today we are joined by our top three pitchmen. We have Matt, Josh Keaton Cole, Andrew Drake Bell Henderson, and Todd Shamik Moore Thomas to pitch their best ideas. I would like to lodge a formal complaint. That complaint is warranted. Andrew Neil Patrick Harris Henderson. Hey, um, there we go. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Gentlemen, please share with Sony your pitches. Again, we're doing Spider-Man, a spider person into a genre film. So Matt, what genre are you pitching? Which spider person will it feature? And give us a title. 
Yeah, Kyle, I am so happy that you invited me here to give a pitch today. And I'm especially happy to pitch it to you, the non-existent Sony exec rep that is also in this room. See, (laughs) I understand what it is that Sony is going for in the year of our Lord 2023. I know animation is going great. I don't want to touch that. We need to fix the Sony live action Spider-Verse. And listen, we all saw Morbius. Some of us a couple of times. Some of us saw Morbius. Why? <laughs> Who saw it multiple times? I know. Guess, guess Todd. <laughs> Sony exec in the room who's listening to me and not my friends, that what you oh, really Matt. want to produce you is a pervert. horror movie. <laughs> Matt, do you owe someone money? <laughs> I know that you are trying so hard to produce a movie that is dark and edgy and will bring back the vibes of everybody's favorite Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man 3. So I am here to bring you the most terrifying horror Spider-Man movie of all time. Those are words I would use to describe Spider-Man 3, yes. Yeah, exactly right. So (laughs) what we're going to do, this is not going to be, you know, a slasher. This isn't going to be even necessarily like a big on the jump scares. It's going to be one of those horror movies, you know, a la the conjuring or paranormal activity where you see the terrifying things in the background. Sure. There's the occasional pop up, but mostly you are immersed in the lives of people experiencing horrifying things around them. And I don't want to give too much of my plot away, but what I can tell you is this is going to star a Spider-Man that you may not have heard of before, but a Spider-Man that certainly exists from Earth 11580, (laughs) Spider-Man. Oh, we've talked about uh, briefly about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We we say Spider-Man every time we bring up Spider-Man on this podcast. It's not, but it's not like Attorney's General, right? (laughs) It's not like Attorney's General, no. Or calls to sack. (laughs) Spider's man is the oogie boogie of the Marvel universe. He is a bag of sentient spiders that wears a Spider-Man suit. He is Spider's man. And you will see him in our new Sony horror movie coming this October titled Spiders, comma, man, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Spiders, man. Excellent. Great. No notes. You sure it's not someone just like took a long drag of a cigarette and is like, spiders, man. Well, Kyle, listen. That'll happen tell in this you, movie, Kyle. You know it will. Yeah. I'm going to tell you with all of the confidence that Todd just told you, we are going to say spiders, man, more in this movie than they said you sunk my battleship in the battleship movie. It's it's a real snakes on a plane uh, situation. Well, it's a low bar to clear, Matt. Great. Excellent. Horror movie, spiders, man. Love it. <laughs> man. Spiders, man. Andrew, tell us about your pitch. In lieu of a formal pitch, I'm going to just pop in this VHS in the combo VCR TV. Fire up the old laser disc. CRT TV. The execs aren't doing well. Good. No. They're boomer execs. And then I'll just watch your reactions. Fade in. We see a wide-shot angle of a chestnut-brown horse leading a pack of other horses through a picturesque countryside. Smash cut to an old man in weathered jeans, a brown leather jacket, and a cowboy hat, tacking up the horse and saying out loud, Well, girl, it's time to ride out one last time. As we see, he puts a red Spider-Man-type mask (laughs) over the horse's muzzle. From the studio that brought you Hidalgo and 2020's Black Beauty reboot comes a news story about friendship in the face of overwhelming adversity. We then see a shot of a barn on fire, horses running in all directions as lightning streaks across the sky. The camera pans to reveal the brown horse pulling the dead body of an old man from the wreckage as another voiceover plays. I'm selling off everything in the farm. Dad knew a tour thing about horses, sure, but the man couldn't turn a profit if his life depended on it. Smash cut to a teen girl in what looks like a vaguely urban high school. She's fighting in the halls, and we see her then steal from a gas station. You know how like movies do that, movie trailers do that, right? Yeah, yeah. 
A voice off screen says, you've already been kicked out of two schools this year, <laughs> May Parker. After this, I should have the mind to send you to juvenile detention. But instead, I'm sentencing you to live on a ranch to learn a thing or two about responsibility. What is this? We bought a farm or secondhand lions? We bought an emotional horse story. Sometimes the things in life we're looking for appear just when we stop looking. Another scene. We see the girl talking to the brown horse and saying, no one gets it. This whole world is pointless. No one understands me. Just then, we see a man scream from the distance, watch out, as a giant wooden beam detaches and falls right on top of the girl on the horse, except the girl and the horse both pause in time as a visualization of their spider senses kick in as they both leap away. The girl looks at the horse and surprise says, wait, you have spider powers too? <laughs> we then see... A series of quick cuts that show the horse being whipped and abused while we see May arguing with adults and walking down a crowded city block in a tattered jacket with the voiceover of May telling the horse, when I was little, my dad always used to say this thing that I never understood what it meant until now. More quick cuts to the horse, neighing on its hind legs, getting between a man with a whip and a small child, and then May beating up some guys in a dark alley as more thunders crashes. Coming next summer, Widow. The inspiring tale of a hero. I'm doing an emotional horse story. I thought the last word was going to be horse. Widow. <laughs> story of a horse. <laughs> I'm doing a horse movie. It's called Widow. Is this the first DT exclamation point horse movie? I don't think it's we've the done first a horse DT movie exclamation before. point horse movie. We have not done a horse movie. Really before. surprising. We haven't hit a war horse reference in five years. But who saw Warhorse? Exactly. Just among us. I've seen it less than I've seen Morbius. Anyway. <laughs> sucks. I mean, same and same. No, yeah. I'm really I'm really excited about this because there's mm -hmm. this Twitter account that only retweets podcast episodes about horses, and I've been waiting yeah. for the day. Yes. <laughs> it's finally here. Yes. So in the style of Black Beauty and Flicka and Hidalgo and Seabiscuit and other horse <laughs> movies War horse. with the names of the horse in them, we're doing an uh, emotional spunky girl meets a horse and they develop, they develop a long lasting <laughs> friendship movie. And who is who? Oh, the who reason is, this the re, this so this is a Spider Man. Let me explain. So <laughs> there's there's a cowboy Spider Man. His name is Patrick O'Hara. He's a cowboy, but he's also a Spider-Man. Also, his horse is a Spider-Man. Is this the weathered that's man, it. the old man in weathered jeans? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's Spider Cowboy. Um, <laughs> Spider Spider-Man Cowboy. His alias is Web Slinger, which is good. That is good. His gun shoots the web. His gun shoots the web. It's a metaphor. That's also good. <laughs> but the best part about Patrick O'Hara, aka the Web Slinger, is that his horse also has Spider-Man powers because he and his horse were both bit by a radioactive spider at the same time. His horse's name is Widow. Powers TBD. <laughs> powers of horse and spider. Can I ask a logistic question? And Please, Andrew, Matt. if you can't answer this, this is okay. But when you say that the radioactive spider bit them both at the same time, like did he bleed, yeah. was it like one fang and ass and one fang and horse? Or did he mm, like bite the man spider. and then climb onto the horse? Yeah, how big was the spider? Yeah, it must have been pretty goddamn big. Time, that's upsetting. Matt, you're asking a lot of questions that are gonna be covered in a 30 second montage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have the specifics, but you know, a man can dream. Andrew, are there three spider people in this? Is May also a spider yes. person? Yes, so May Parker is Spider Girl in an alternate universe. So May Parker in one universe, I think it's Edge of Spider-Verse or one of the Spider-Verse runs. May Parker is Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson's daughter uh, who inherits Spider-Man powers and becomes Spider-Girl uh, in one of the runs. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Great. Horse movie. Awesome. Like everyone said, haven't had one of those on coming out of the DT studios yet. That's so right. uh, this is exciting. Todd, what do you got for us? Kyle execs who may also include Kyle because perhaps we are the execs. It's maybe we've been the execs now. the whole time. <laughs> maybe so the real execs yeah. are the friends we made along the way. Yeah. So everyone in this room listening to me talk, what was your favorite genre growing up? 
That's right. An even tie between coming-of-age stories involving weird science and animated cartoons that made you feel feelings. I mean, it's yeah. weird that we all said that same thing all at once together. In, in unison, unison, in your mm-hmm. in your exact voice and timbre. Mm-hmm. So it only sounded yeah. like you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, I can tell you've really been working on your Todd impression. It was impressive. Yeah, pretty Thank good. Thank you, Matt. It's pretty good. Yeah. Every every night before bed in the mirror, um, I do a little, <laughs> a little practice Todd. <laughs> Can I get just a dry run on one of those? Hi, I'm Todd. <laughs> Indistinguishable. Yeah, yeah, right? The, the joke is the pause was long enough. I was like, wait, is the joke that I need to say something now? Is that what the joke is? Anyway, this isn't important. We slash you are all in luck today because what I described is exactly what I'm pitching you. A coming-of-age story involving weird science and an animated cartoon that makes you feel feelings. You see, today, I'm going to be telling you about the hero of our story, Tear Tarker. Now, that makes no sense what I just said. And so I'm going to nope. spell this out. Well, let me tell you a bit more. Tear Tarker is a young pterodactyl. <laughs> now, think about the spelling of pterodactyl and how there's a P before it. Yeah. There's a P before okay, it's the, a capital yeah. P-T-E-R, P-tier, capital P-T-A-R, Tear Tarker. It's so dumb and actually good. Anyway, that's not important. I'm going to talk to you today about Tear Tarker, a young pterodactyl, and his coming of prehistoric age story. Think like a mix. Shut up. Did you like that? Yeah, you like that? <laughs> Take that, you idiots. This is so good. Think like a mixture between... What I've got is a mixture between Freaky Friday... And we're back a dinosaur story. Oh God! I'm gonna learn. <laughs> Those were yeah. two of my favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good movies. You're all gonna learn about the character we know as Spider Rex and his body swapping origin and struggle with his arch nemesis. I gotta get this right without laughing because it's so stupid. Noranosaurman. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go back in time right now to you guys calling my shit on giraffe and a marasaur and playing yeah. hard. Of the this thing is, this is canon. Noranosaurman. If you're wondering, is that just Norman with Anosaur crammed in the middle? It kind of is. Yeah. Giraffe and a marasaur is way better. Yeah, it sure yeah, is. Yeah, it sure is. Anyway, I gotta lay on the plane. Um, we're gonna tell you about Spider Rex and his body swapping origin in this coming of age slash cartoon dinosaur story. His struggle with Noranosaurman in this new movie titled Jurassic Peter Parker. <laughs> sure, I'll allow it. <laughs> that'll that'll fly. That'll fly by standards. Pause no one'll sue us for that. <laughs> I'm feeling generous today. I'll allow it, guys. Tear Tarker spelled with P's in front of it. Great or terrible? <laughs> both? Somehow both. Both. It's like the movie We're Back, a Dinosaur Story. Yeah. It is both great and terrible. Which is a movie I've seen more than Morbius. <laughs> also a movie I've seen more than Morbius. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah same. But yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to do cartoon dinosaur story kind of in that same same concept, but also... Since it's a Spider-Man story and every Spider-Man story to some extent is a coming-of-age story, it's got that as well. And Spider-Rex. Spider-Rex. Oh, I got a picture of him to put into the notes. For our listeners who aren't 30, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story is a weird animated movie directed by Steven Spielberg that traumatized me as a kid because it's horrifying, but also it's, it's pretty scary. great. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it was scary. like one of the last good like movie for kids that will traumatize them movies i forget who the writer it's the it's the all dogs go to heaven secret of nim era Mm -hmm. of children's cartoons yeah yep it's real real good excellent guys (laughs) so glad no one brought a human spider-man to the party today it feels right (laughs) we all have animal-based spider entities um Excellent. You Is almost that said a, spider people. I almost said spider people, but that would have been incorrect. We have two spider people, and the rest are spider animals. And I'm going to lose my brain out of my ears by the end of this episode, keeping all of these do we, do we have any spider modifiers people? straight. Andrew I mean, has we two. Have May, ba- May Day Parker. May uh, and, and Web okay. Slinger. I want to make it clear. Noranosaurman is a T-Rex, and I want that to be clear. 
Are they both T-Rexes, Todd? No. It starts out with Ter Tarker is a pterodactyl. Why is he He's spider yet. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> hold it. Hold it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Pitchman, <laughs> give us the synopsis of, our, of your film. What tropes of the genre will it feature? Tell us about this spider thing and why it's a good choice for our flagship genre Spider-Man movie. Why was it the appropriate spider representative for the whole franchise? Matt, take us away. Yeah, Kyle, look, the reason, let me address your last question first. The reason that Spider's Man is the most important and appropriate spider person to represent the spider universe is that he's not. Look, this just isn't the guy that you're going to want to put out. Well, it's not a guy. It's a bunch of spiders. (laughs) Both of those things are true. And here's the thing. I think that's the problem, Mr. Sony man, Sony man, if you will. I think Hmm. you've been focusing too hard on Spider-Man and we need to change direction a little bit. We are going to tell our story not through the perspective of our Spider-Man, who is again, Spider's man. We are going to tell our story through the perspective of the people who are affected by Spider's man. So our movie starts the day after a horrible tragedy occurs at Horizon Labs, a bleeding edge company in the heart of Cruel York, the very real <laughs> and canon name of New York City in Earth 11850. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, no. Cruel York, Cruel York is excellent. Yeah. So <laughs> it's good writing. We open on a press conference where an employee explains that yesterday, a promising young student named Redacted fell into a massive colony of Redacted, which were being bombarded <laughs> by Redacted, and he is presumed to be dead. We smash cut to the inside of the lab where they're cleaning up the incident and we hear some grunts hastily explain that some kid named Peter fell into the radioactive spiders and they ate him. And now those spiders have escaped and they are presumed to have the taste for human blood. And (laughs) what we are going to be doing for the rest of this movie is watching as the lab employees who were there that day... No, not sexy. There are no sexy teens in this movie. The only sexy teen we had got ate by spiders. So you're going to do the rest of this movie watching as the employees of Horizon Labs are slowly one by one picked off by spider related incidents. Right. And it's going to be very like conjuring esque where they're going to be working at their desk. It's just going to seem like a normal day. And then suddenly you see a spider across the desk and you know, calamity ensues. Because here's the thing. If it wasn't clear in the first question, Spider's Man is made up of spiders. Not just any spiders. Spiders that were being, and I quote, bombarded with numerous radioactive particles in the name of genetic alteration. That's weird science. Yeah, it's weird science. Peter Mm -hmm. Parker fell into those spiders and was completely devoured by the spiders. But in the process, again, I quote, the spiders became a singular hive mind construct that absorbed Parker's consciousness. So Peter Parker is alive in the mind of all them, their spiders, and he is out for his revenge. And we're going to watch like a night. <laughs> we are Peter movie. Parker. We are, we are Legion. Mini. Yes, Legion. exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eight legs, 800,000 spiders, one mind. <laughs> God, I love comics. <laughs> the new thing now is like drones that all talk via Bluetooth to do fireworks displays. It's kind of like that. It is. It is kind sort of, of like that, but with spiders and their killer spiders. Yeah. And so here's the thing, right? Is like we are going to see spiders throughout this movie and we are going to see a spider-man fighting crime in cruel york but like all good horror movies we're not going to show the monster until the end and i don't want to i don't want to give away the third act reveal or anything but it's going to be a good reveal when we reveal that the spiders we're seeing and the spider-man that we're seeing are are in fact the same 
because Spider's Man is made up of a construct of hive mind spiders <laughs> that ate Peter Parker. Matt, I have one question, and your success or failure does not hinge on this at all. Does Norman Osborn in this universe have a stupid name? I haven't seen anything about Norman Osborn in this. So Spider's Man was actually only in seven comics or has only been in seven comics so far. He was part of the Spider-Geddon storyline, which was like, sure. here's all these made up Spider-Men. We're bringing them together to like do a thing. And he does hook up with Superior Spider-Man from Earth 616 and they kind of become buddies. How are you using the verb hooked up? That just like became not not like a not like a fuck thing, like a friend okay. thing. <laughs> like like it would be we I mean they're spiders. It'd be weird to like hook up with well, spiders. Comics are weird sometimes. Great. Perfect. Love it. Spiders, horror, blood, Halloween, fantastic. Andrew, tell us about Widow, the inspiring tale of an American hero horse. Uh, American horse. <laughs> Widow is a young, rambunctious American quarter horse full of life, Kyle. Many would view Widow as temperamental or, you know, that horse that does whatever she wants. But Widow is well and above the favorite horse of kindly old ranch owner Patrick O'Hara. Now, in his younger years, Patrick O'Hara had made a name for himself in the riding world as a champion Western rider, but has since long retired. What many of his fans don't know, however, is that he moonlights as one half of a masked vigilante duo, the other half, of course, being his masked horse, the <laughs> Powers horse. TBD. Good thing they mask the horse so no one can identify it. <laughs> That's true. They'll never know. Elsewhere, we meet a teen girl named May, May Day Parker, who has been shuffled around from foster home to foster home five years after her parents, Peter and Mary Jane, died tragically in a car accident. She's constantly in trouble, gets into fights, and is ultimately sentenced by a magistrate to go to live on a ranch to, quote, learn responsibility, which just so happens to be owned by Patrick O'Hara. Ah. Now, at first, May clashes hard with Patrick in his simple, no-nonsense kind of ways... But after a chance encounter with Widow, the two form a fast friendship, thanks in part to Widow's ability to form a telepathic link with other spider people. That is the one and only written power <laughs> that Widow the Spider Horse has. After an incident where Patrick and Widow save a neighboring barn from a wildfire gone south, Patrick dies and Widow and the rest of the ranch are sold off by Patrick's shitty big city son to the highest bidder. May is then thrown back into the foster system and right out on the streets. And we'll watch as these two overcome adversity again and again to ultimately be reunited later in life as they learn to trust once more and realize their dreams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera so on, so on. I don't want to get ahead of us here, but this horse sounds like a hero. Does sound like a hero. <laughs> An American hero. An American hero. An American yeah. hero. Andrew, is there a, um, in your movie, is there a montage of May at first not wanting to do, refusing to do farm chores, and then under the soundtrack of an inspiring female artist Carrie slowly accepts her farm life and starts to do the chores better, and even excels at them? I would say she not only excels at them, she's better than most of the ranch hands on the farm, because May is so... May craves that control that she's never had in her life. And learns that taking over one's life is the only way. Something, something, bootstraps, something, something. Andrew, that's so inspiring. I'm on, on the verge of tears here. Todd, before I just start weeping uncontrollably, tell us about Tar more tears? Tarker. I, I, got, I, I didn't think I did, but maybe I do. Of course, there is going to be a tragic backstory here at some point. But let's just set the scene first. So... We open with a young pterodactyl, Ter Tarker, as he's just minding his pterodactyl business, just flying through the wild <laughs> prehistoric Earth 66. Before he realizes it, he finds himself being chased by a huge Tyrannosaurus Rex named, as we've said, Noranosaurman. <laughs> sounds like a Digimon. <laughs> Noranosaurman. It, it, it really does. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does. Anyway, so the instant that Noranosaurman bites tear tarker they are both struck by you guessed it a comet filled with alien space spiders 
And so um, a oh. comet flies in. <laughs> yeah, a comet full of alien space spiders flies in, strikes them both, and they're both dashed to the side. We see that uh, Terra Tarker is thrown from a cliff. Terra awakens on a shoreline, peering into the waters to find that he is he's changed. No longer is he a frail pterodactyl. Instead, in his reflection, <laughs> he finds that he is a massive T-Rex. This is the Freaky Friday moment. So oh Terra is now in the body of that T-Rex. Oh, and also for a reason that can't fully be explained, his scales are now red and blue and he has spider powers and he has webbing. That's all canon so far. None of that this is made is up. That is real canon. so remarkably stupid. <laughs> that seems ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So since this is in the beats of Freaky Friday, now we find... Terror must navigate his seemingly normal former pterodactyl life that is a T-Rex and a crime-fighting T-Rex at that, known as Spider-Rex. Because, sure. <laughs> now, <laughs> for tropes, as you can probably deduce from all of this, Noranosaurman is now flying around in a pterodactyl body. Also, before you ask, yes, he has a comic-accurate hobgoblin outfit on his pterodactyl <laughs> body. I will post the yeah, picture. Yeah, please do. Please stand, stand yeah. by. I am vamping. Todd, do we do we get a scene where both characters realize that each life presents its own unique set of challenges that they didn't fully understand about the other? Absolutely. So, so in one of the tropes we see, so <laughs> we will both get the the scene where they wake up independently and look in some sort of reflection, and then they go no, and then they scream, <laughs> and it'll be it'll be a split cut. Because uh, we have to do that. We'll also get a bit of the trope of the whole, like, pretend to fit in as the other person Good. trope. Where Good. they, like, that was have my to next try question. and, like, yeah, that'll happen. That one's a bit trickier because, as you can see, if you're looking in the notes, Doc, they have some pretty comic-accurate-ish costumes. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. We'll also get that moment where, like, they ultimately will share some sort of passing glance in a social <laughs> setting. And they know what's going on, but no one else knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, towards the end, when we get to some sort of climactic arc here, that um, we will get a grand reveal when Spider-Rex shares what has happened with his his Aunt May. Now, when I spell aunt. Oh, no. Normally, no. it'd be A-U-N-T. This no. one has a P in it. A-U-N-P-T. Aunt May. I just want to hang with that for a second because it's so dumb. Spider-Rex, you know, shares what happens with Aunt May. And Aunt May, who is a pterodactyl, because he's from a family of pterodactyls. Right, yeah. Sure, sure. Says, but if you're here, who's with Uncle Ten? Now, that would normally be Ben. Shut but, up. But it's, Shut it's, up. B, it's B and then a lowercase t, E-N. Presumably, you don't say the B. And and that'll be a dramatic cut because we have to have conflict and and drama in this. I hate this. Ant is spelled with a P, and it's fantastic. I, I want to go on record to say, not only is Giraffe and America's Amerisaur better than this. Yeah, it's, um, I would yeah. today say that Matt, you could go find an illustrator. You could go and produce a comic run of Giraffe and Amerisaur. Without any editing, without any changes, <laughs> yeah, and it would still be better than this. <laughs> Hold up, Todd. I have two two things. Sure. One is there a climactic scene where I guess nor, nor what's his name nor Noranasorman Noranasorman has to <laughs> win a talent show with his band playing guitar. <laughs> Um, a la Freaky Friday. <laughs> that is, is there the a... best part of the Freaky Friday movie. That is, it is part of it, and that is how I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Oh, but that okay. is how how Norana Sorman earns the trust of okay. Ter Tarker's friends. Good, good. And then my other thing isn't a question; it's just a statement, so the readers can all be on the same page. Spider Rex, the frill on like the Tyrannosaur head uh -huh. is webbing. It's spider yeah. webbing, not a lizard frill like lizard would have. <laughs> like a dinosaur. Yeah, like a right. dinosaur. Also, this image Todd has pasted into the dock is <laughs> it's really a good. Tyrannosaurus Rex with a blue red and blue color scheme 
swinging on a web with its tiny, it's, tiny, yeah. <laughs> tiny, I, tiny T-Rex I can't arms. stop looking at it. <laughs> Every time I look at it, it gets more incredible. What's yeah. funny to me about this design is like, <laughs> we've all seen this, so we can't unsee it. But listeners, if you have not yet looked up Spider-Rex, think in your brain. Someone said, take a T-Rex and then give it the Spider-Man treatment. And whatever you came up with is going to be pretty close. It's going to be real close. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Spider-X is way better than Nor... Yeah, Noranosaurus. I don't want to spoil anything. I've got a couple more in the chamber, and they're really something. Excellent. Moving on. <laughs> it just isn't a real Spider-Man story. If our Spider-Person, Spider-Entity... Spider being, I don't even know anymore. Spider beast doesn't have Ooh. to choose to do the right thing in the face of a devastating personal tragedy. What devastating loss will your spider protagonist face, and how will they learn that with great power comes great responsibility? Or will you flip it and have them not learn that and just like go full villain? I don't care. It's it's your movie, Matt. What do you got? So, you know, this is a little bit difficult because truly, how do you teach a hive mind of spiders to have empathy? Well, I think I figured it out. So they have to eat someone with empathy. Again, (laughs) it isn't that. Um, Again, Spiders Man is just a whole horde of spiders. I am going to insert a picture into the document for you now. He is a whole horde of spiders that wears a Spider-Man <laughs> suit. <laughs> just a bunch of spiders in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely just a bunch of spiders in a trench coat. So this is, at its core, a Peter Parker story, which means he had to have a reason to go to that cutting-edge lab and fall into that pit of radioactive spiders. And if you guessed that reason was this universe is Gwen Stacy, you'd be correct. So Gwen Stacy brings Peter Parker here and presumably they're in love or whatever. Honestly, I didn't read the comic, but it's Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. So they're probably, you know, digging each other. And then Peter Parker gets eaten by a bunch of spiders. But remember, these spiders absorb the brain and consciousness of Peter Parker, which do the spiders love Gwen Stacy? These spiders love Gwen Stacy. (laughs) Oh, no. So here's the way this works in my head, right? Is like this movie is mostly horror shots of spiders killing random red shirt lab attendants, right? (laughs) And every once in a while, we're going to like kind of watch Gwen Stacy mourning for Peter Parker. And as she mourns for Peter Parker, there is always going to be, you know, like a spider on the desk or something watching Gwen Stacy, because that's pretty much the only other role in the larger Marvel Universe that Spider's Man serves is at one point he spreads his spiders amongst the web of life and destiny. So there's like one spider of Spider's Man in all the universes and he becomes a multiversal (laughs) being. So amazing. Great. There's going to be a spider watching Gwen Stacy. And the moment that this (laughs) wad of spiders is going to have to, you know, learn what loss means is is at the end of the movie when we see Gwen Stacy in a relationship with a new person, somebody else that we saw at the lab that day who has been there to comfort Gwen as she's going through the loss of her friend Peter Parker. And we're going to get a really awesome moment where at the very end, Peter Parker's spiders, Spider's man come together to take out this last lab assistant and sees that Gwen Stacy cares for this person. And then we're going to get the really cool scene that they always do in Spider-Man where Spider-Man's hanging down and Gwen Stacy's there. And she's like, let me kiss you, Spider-Man. And she pulls the mask down, and it's just like a spider pinata. A bunch of spiders just everywhere. Falling out. And she, like, freaks the fuck out, and the spiders realize they can never bang Gwen Stacy, and she lives happily ever after with the lab tech, I guess. Uh, honestly, again, hard to teach spiders empathy, but I think... I think we can do it together. I think the spiders are going to eat the lab tech. I mean, it's a horror movie. Like, 
Yeah. Like the the villain can win in a horror movie, Matt. I think the villain does win in this horror movie, yeah, Kyle. I mean, everyone's dead. You know, it's it's one of those. There are no winners. Everybody loses. We all lose. We yeah. all lose here. Peter Parker lost from day one. He's a wad of spiders now. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, tell us your morality tale in this horse spider movie. So I, I tease it in the in the trailer. So there's a scene when when May is kind of building this relationship with Widow. The last scene that they share together on the morning before the barn fire incident. She's talking to Widow and she says, you know, Widow, when I was little, my dad used to say some dumb thing to me all the time. He used to say, with great power comes great responsibility. Then she laughs and looks at the ground. She goes, pretty stupid, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, Kyle, this may surprise you, but this is going to serve as the central emotional thread through the movie. I I am stunned. <laughs> so, after Patrick O'Hara dies in that barn fire, um, I mentioned Widow is sold off. Widow is sold off to another horse trainer who keeps a bunch of old horses and like sickly looking ponies for little kid rides as some like deadbeat tourist trap off the side of the interstate. And uh, as you can imagine, the person who bought these horses, the trainer, so to speak, is not knowledgeable about horses at all. And they do all the the things wrong. So, right, like they don't groom Widow. Widow gets like a bunch of mud caked on her. And then there's a scene where like she gets hosed off and then left outside to freeze overnight. Everyone with horses watching this will be horrified. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep, you all the little kids riding the horses, their forms all off, right? Which is just a terrible, terrible thing to do for horse people. Anyway, uh, Widow gets upset at a particular bratty kid, and her spidey sense kicks in, and she bucks and bucks the kid off, and and the kid gets hurt pretty bad accidentally. Widow is then sold off once again to a circus troupe. Even though this is a modern day tale, there is a circus troupe, and the circus troupe has Widow perform like like kind of like cringy horse tricks um, while she's wearing a now tattered spider hood and, and all these like drunk fat patrons are laughing and spitting. It's Dumbo, which is yeah. straight up Dumbo at this point. We're doing Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah. After, after a particularly rough show though, widow trots off behind a circus tent where she witnesses a guy inexplicably whipping a young boy and uh, she intervenes and there's again i want to be clear widow doesn't have spider powers she just is a horse <laughs> so <laughs> this, this this image that i put here oh, is man. a really good example of what this looks like <laughs> widow create widow causing intracranial brain hemorrhaging by <laughs> kicking a man a very fat man with a whip a man. who i can only imagine is this universe's scorpion, scorpion. yeah against <laughs> the scorpion yeah. yeah just a man with a chain hook yeah so this is widow's like calling to as to be an american hero meanwhile we see May. We catch up with May. May is shuffled off to yet another foster home, but this one, the people are actually abusive, and she runs away. And uh, we find her living on the streets for many days. Um, she's like ducking in and out of coffee shops to stay warm. She's you know begging for change. One scene, she's lying in a dark corner, kind of like sleeping back uh, out, in and out. And she's awoken by what she thinks is the sound of a horse neighing, and she follows it. But instead, she finds a woman being mugged. And she intervenes because she also has spider powers. She doesn't cause intracranial brain hemorrhaging by a, by a rear <laughs> by foot, a horse leg kick. kick. But, you know, it's similar. May later on uh, in another scene is wandering the streets during the day and she hears some commotion. And she thinks she hears that horse again. And it is revealed to, in fact, be the horse because it's the circus trainer fighting with Widow because the circus trainer is inexplicably doing a free concert or free show in the park. <laughs> and May immediately recognizes Widow and without a beat walks up onto the stage and does some horse whisper stuff and clicks her, Spider clicks her tongue. Spider telepathy, yeah. Oh, no, she's just like clucking her tongue. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just just normal, normal Yeah, just like normal stuff. horse shit, yeah. She's walking around and, going, shh. Yeah, yeah, shh, shh, shh. And then she does like really cool stuff with Widow and the two, and there's inspirational music playing. In the arms of an angel. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And, uh, and then the crowd gives a standing ovation. Ha! And together... May and Widow are reunited. They hit the town with their new show and they start learning how to trust again. Andrew, I thought 
when May was living on the streets, that widow was going to come to the <laughs> city, the heart of the city, <laughs> to find her, and I was was not going to accept that. But it's a tale of them finding each other, Kyle. Yes, because good, good. This isn't a tale of American hero <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> years later, years later, epilogue. Years later, we hone in on an older May Parker. She's now running a dude ranch explicitly for underprivileged urban youths. <laughs> We see May giving all of these kids like a second home. Like they can, they're staying there. They've got plenty of food and shelter and love and, and familial love, Kyle. We, we see her like, I don't know, teaching a class or whatever, or teaching a bunch of kids how to ride horses and stuff. And, you know, that's great. And uh, the camera pans and we see a statue of Widow. And we're like, oh, no, did Widow die? Fortunately, though, we learn that Widow didn't die because May goes to the another stall behind her house and she tacks up Widow and the two ride together in the sunset. And that's the ending. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a horse movie to me. It's a horse that's so movie. heartwarming <laughs> and yeah. uplifting. The horse has a spider mask. <laughs> the horse has a spider mask and no spider powers. Good. Andrew, great. Todd... Bring us home. Tell us the horrible tragedy that befalls Ter Tarker. Yeah. <laughs> I thank you for using his God-given Christian name of this T-Rex uh, pterodactyl in T-Rex body. Across the Spider-Verse kind of made it clear that major trauma is this like absolute point for all web slingers. That the thing that binds every spider totem together is just a terrible decision and someone they love dying. <laughs> Spider-Rex is to be no exception, and I want to make that clear. So after the aforementioned dramatic reveal that the pterodactyl flying around now is in fact the nefarious Noranosaurman and not Ter Tarker, we cut to see that Noranosaurman has Uncle Ten captured along with Ter's two best friends, Prepare yourself for this moment. I'm not ready. I'm not. I'm also not ready. Eddie Brachiosaurus. Okay, that one's <laughs> right. not bad. That was that one's actually pretty good. <laughs> and Mary Jane Watsor. That's less that good. That one's worse. Yeah, yeah. That's not anything. So as as Terra arrives, Noranosaurman dashes Uncle Ten to the ground as Ten whispers, Tear, inside you're a great pterodactyl. <laughs> and being a great pterodactyl comes with great responsibility. Because get it? It's great power and it starts with a P and pterodactyl with, also starts with, with great P. power comes great responsibility. You got it. As the air escapes from his prehistoric lungs one last time. That is that is Uncle Ten, he's gotta go. That's the way it is. Sorry. Noranosaurmon then looks at Eddie Brachiosaurus and Mary Jane Watser. Watsor, as they dangle over an oozing tar pit, and he hisses to tear, you must choose, Spider-Rex. <laughs> and then <laughs> he drops them both. And so, of course, Spider-Rex swings into action, and, and you see in one lens, Eddie Brachiosaurus, and the other lens, Mary Jane Watsor, as you and they say that hero save us. And so, of course, he's going to save Mary Jane Watsor as his friend in this moment, Eddie Brachiosaurus, plunges into the tar pit below. So they, they kind of swing back uh, and then, then uh, Ter Tarker lays this prehistoric pounding down on Noranosaurmon before he flees after dropping whatever I assume the dinosaur version of a pumpkin bomb is. I don't know. I haven't figured that out. <laughs> now, in the background of all of this, we see that there's a there's a curmudgeon-y Jingshanosaurus who witnessed just all of this. Wait, hold on. And Can you go back? Give me that last one one more time. What please. was that yeah. one? Jingshanosaurus. J-I-N-G-S-H-A-N-O-S-A-U-R-U-S. Is that supposed to be J. Jonah Jameson? This Jingshanosaurus witnessed what happened, but from his perspective, it appeared to be Spider-Rex <laughs> pushing <laughs> Eddie Brachiosaurus into a tar pit, and he refers to Spider-Rex as a menace. This sure. Jingshanosaurus's name... This is an actual thing that I'm going to say. Jingshan, Jingshanosaurus. That's the lazy version. God damn I'm it. giving you a J. Jonah Jameson in Earth 66. So the jokes aside, what we end up with is in this moment, we have that coalescing uh, encounter of Spider-Rex being a hero, 
establishing a long-running enemy, suffering a great loss. And we also get the dino version of J. Jonah Jameson, who definitely has, like, a pseudo uh, cigar and, like, a bald head and, like, a mustache. So that's fun. I, li- I really like <laughs> that they got through Mary Jane Watsor, and then we're like, these dinosaur names are too hard. Screw it. <laughs> and phoned yeah. in the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get Jingshan Jingshanosaurus in here real quick. That sound, everyone's look, gonna I'm just going to say one. it. That sounds so racist. Everything it doesn't sound racist. It's, it's <laughs> pretty bad. So so a, a Jingshanosaurus is a real dinosaur. That's yeah. like yeah. how they oh, ended okay. up with that. It right. is. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Hey, listeners, if you want better dinosaur names, debate this episode 88, the F train don't stop at dinosaur jail. Whoa. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what is this thing you just posted? That's Jingshan Jingshanosaurus, man. <laughs> yeah, that's Earth 66's uh, J. Jonah Jameson. That looks like a camel with a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> his little his little upper lip stash is my favorite no it's the twig that's his cigar yes. is mine <laughs> his little rope that's a tie the vine that's a tie yeah, yeah. oh Great. man all right pitchman the sony execs have just let me in on a little uh inside baseball if you will one of the main reasons they have greenlit the genre verse is that they have just patented an AI auteur program. They fed a machine learning program all of the works of different auteur filmmakers and are going to have this program direct your movie in the style of a famous director, living or dead, in lieu of paying an expensive director to actually direct your film. So, when we come back from the break, we need you to tell us what AI director would you like to have attached to your movie and what kind of iconic uh, scenes or things that director does do you want your movie to feature after this break? Hey, just to be clear, this super secret bonus question is all part of the bit. We very much stand with the WGA and support striking writers and others in the film and movie entertainment industry. We are a pro-labor podcast. AI is dumb. It can't replace creatives. Just wanted to make sure that was clear. All right, we're back. Gentlemen, please tell the Sony execs what director you would like the AI program, AI auteur, to replicate to direct your movie. Matt, start us off. Yeah, man. Look, if we're going to do this with AI, we need to utilize AI for all it's worth. And the best way to do that is to mash up a bunch of things. You know, it's like, give me Van Gogh painting, but if it was digital art and 4K or whatever the nerds on the internet <laughs> are doing these days. So we're going to combine a couple directors. Now, director numero uno. This one might be pretty clear. It's James Wan. James Wan, the co-creator of Saw and the Insidious franchise, also the creator of the Conjuring universe. This is where we're going to get our, you know, creepy thing over the shoulder shots, our horrifying aspects of the mundanity of life type things. Those are going to come from James Wan and his sort of, excellence with not exactly found footage but we'll call it the the horrifying aspects of mundane life now we are going to combine the power of james wan with the power of james wong two different dudes james wan (laughs) w-a-n james wong w-o-n-g yeah hit that g a little a little more going forward but we're 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 with you yep james wong who was one of the creators of the X-Files, also, more importantly, directed Final Destinations 1 and 3, the two best Final Destination movies. That's where we're going to get our spiders killing people in horrible ways. And what we're really going to take from that is the thing in all the Final Destination movies where they show you 17 different things that could kill a character and then kill them with an 18th thing that you didn't see. (laughs) The 18th spider you didn't notice. And last but not least, just to really round out the prompt again, James Wan, 
James Wong, and also a name that I am going to butcher, Tabor Takas, who you probably don't know. He is a Hungarian-Canadian director, one of my favorite directors of sci-fi original movies, specifically one from 2007 called Ice Spiders, which traumatized me the way it traumatized a lot of other kids in like <laughs> you know the beginning of the 90s so um yeah yeah james wan james wong tabor takas the conjuring final destination ice spiders spiders comma man exclamation point <laughs> i got nothing uh yeah <laughs> excellent answer a- andrew yeah so there was one name i was trying to think of like my favorite horse movies Right, which like have the <laughs> Matt Matt visibly spit out his drink. I look, I think Sea Biscuit is an incredible movie. Like Sea Biscuit is great. Name three more good horse movies. <laughs> we did that at the top of the show. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We were just naming we named horse, horse movies. movies at the oh, top okay. of the show. Good horse movies. Sea Biscuit is yeah. a very good movie. War Horse is also good. I liked War Horse. War Horse is pretty good. Um yeah. I don't have and a third. The third one. I don't have a third. I don't have a third that I like because I did watch 2020's Black Beauty remake and I hated it. (laughs) You know what? I appreciate you being honest enough to say I have consumed another horse movie and it does not Mm -hmm. make the list. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've seen horse series. This is a reflection (laughs) on you is all this is. When I think about my favorite horse movies, I think about the inspiration that I'm filled with when I leave the theater. And... When I think about who out there tells a more harrowing, inspiring tale of the journey of man, it's Ron Howard. It's got to be Ron Howard. <laughs> I mean, it is Ron Howard. It is Ron Howard. Yeah. It's absolutely Ron Howard. Yeah. Um, right. And Tom Hanks is definitely going to make an appearance. Tom Hanks is actually going to be cast as the Spider Cowboy, Spider Man Cowboy, <laughs> the old Cowboyman, um, which I think will be really fun. Ron Howard's daughter will also be in this movie, of course. Um, she will be playing the deceased Mary Jane Parker, which is interesting because she also played Gwen Stacy in uh, Spider-Man 3, which is That's a fun, true. That is true. That's true. Callback. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be AI Ron Howard. We're going to take a lot of lot from Apollo 13, both in cinematography and in soundtrack and score. Unfortunately, we're probably also going to get some of Hillbilly Elegy, Elegy by mistake. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Is it going to be, so it's going to be AI Ron Howard, but real life Bryce <laughs> Dallas Howard? Yeah. Okay. okay. I don't like how dystopian it is to think about forcing <laughs> actors to work with AI replications of their dads. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. It that sucks. sucks so hard. It sucks pretty bad. That sucks it- the way Norman Soar sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Todd, round us out. What AI director would you like attached to your movie? And what what iconic things do you want that AI to do? Yeah, the the iconic things that we needed, um, we just crammed into the the AI director chat GPT. And those things we asked for were, it's got to have a certain amount of like cartoon polish. It needs to be, this is animated. Okay. But it needs to not be goofy animated. That said, it still has to have an amount of whimsy. It's got to have whimsy. Whimsy levels have to be fairly high because, again, it's like mm-hmm. T-Rex in, in Spider-Man pajamas running around here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it also, the story needs to maintain enough solid plot and emotion to get people over the fact that they got their powers by being struck by a, a asteroid full of space spiders and the, the spiders never talked about. So we are going to plug all of that into uh, the AI chat generator, and we're going to get AI Hayao Miyazaki, because this, <laughs> this is a Studio Ghibli movie, is what, is what we kind of have created here. It's coming of age, it's cartoon, it's going to have emotion, it's going to check the boxes, it's going to be a little weird, but not so weird that you, like, you know, take yourself out of the moment. Incredible. The only thing that's more dystopian than having to work for an AI version of your dad is AI <laughs> Miyazaki. Yeah. 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 All right. Gentlemen, the Sony execs have uh, gone into the powder room, so to speak, to deliberate over your pitches today. The cocaine today. room. The powder room, Andrew. While they're in there doing whatever it is they do, give us your closing statements. 
Yeah, Kyle, I want to give you my closing statement. And I actually already mentioned it earlier in this episode. And I might edit it out just to make this reveal better. (laughs) But what I'm going to give you as a closing statement is title tagline. So again, spiders, comma, man, exclamation point, colon, eight legs, 800,000 spiders, (laughs) one mind. Okay. Coming this fall. It was the the series of punctuation back to back that really (laughs) really threw me for some reason. Exclamation point, colon. Colon. Andrew. (laughs) Kyle and members of the exec board in the cocaine room, I I beseech thee. You've heard three movies today. Three movies that all feature some sort of spite, spider organism. I will I will make the argument that while all of these might seem enticing, only one of these will make you truly feel something. And that's Emotional Horse Movie, TM. <laughs> <laughs> emotional Horse Movie with a horse and a spider mask, TM. All right. And Todd. Yeah, if there's one thing we know that Sony's getting right, it's animated spider movies. This is another feather just to put in the hat. And I want to drive home some casting options that are going to make this work for you. There is canonically on, you know, issue one of Edge of Spider-Verse, we have Spider-Man Noir along with Spider-Rex. We know Nick Cage is voicing Spider-Man Noir. He's here. We got him. I haven't told you who's voicing Spider-Rex. It's Jack Black. We have the opportunity to get Jack Black and Nick Cage in an animated special together. Internet darlings, Jack That's Black and really Nick Cage. That's really good, yeah. Right. There's going to be a song and dance number at some point. <laughs> who's singing, who's dancing, you decide. Only, only time will tell. Secretariat. Hey, that's a third good horse movie. Great job, Andrew. <laughs> Wasn't Secretariat the first good horse movie he mentioned? No, no the first one was Black, Seabiscuit. Or Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit. Yeah, it's the okay. other racing horse movie yeah. that starts with the ends with the T. It's it's a real Dante's Peak Inferno kind of thing. Dante's Inferno volcano thing. Yeah, yeah, we God. yeah. All right. Guys, the execs are having just such a fantastic time in the powder room. Buy us a little more time. Do good vibes. Yeah, Todd, Spider-Rex. <laughs> my God, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> this image of, and again, listeners, like if you, uh, for one, you can see the images in our show notes by joining our Patreon at the $10 tier. Thing two, if you haven't Googled Spider-Rex yet, this image of Spider-Rex swinging <laughs> <laughs> with a pterodactyl so, mind with his like tiny and I love how fat and yoked his tries are uh-huh. like oh god it's so silly I love it I mean it's a good movie I'm here for it I talked about Devil Dinosaur 40 episodes ago <laughs> I am here for more Marvel dinosaurs also as noted earlier we're back and 2004's Freaky Friday two very instrumental movies of my childhood so mm-hmm. thank you for that Andrew Man, I also married a horse girl, so this one hit. <laughs> like, this one really hit. Uh, I honestly don't know if I've ever seen a whole horse movie the whole way through. I probably yeah. wouldn't watch this one either, but I do appreciate what you did here today. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah, sorry, I was looking for horse TV shows. Um, <laughs> my Mr. God, Ed. guys. Mr. Ed is definitely one that keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Man, this was a lot of fun and stupid, and we all did and we all did animals. <laughs> we all, we all. I love, I love these episodes when we all try to pick the silliest option. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then we all come to the party thinking we have the weird answer and <laughs> find that uh oh, um, this was great. It's all uh, weird. Matt, I was so close to picking Spiders Man. I'm glad you did because I, I think you did it. You did it justice. The Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man esque, like creepy, you know, serial killer stalker esque uh, vibe is is perfect. Um, well done. And then Todd, what can I say about Spider X? It's one of those. It's a it's a real Danny the Street where you can just read the comic book lore <laughs> and it's just silly unchanged, and uh, that in itself deserves applause. So great job. Yeah, echoing what Andrew said, Matt, I'm glad Spider's Man got the air that he deserved today. They deserved today, the the being, the entity. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have seen that comic panel of 
the like the labeling of spiders man and it's like thousands of sentient spiders make up this one spiders man and like that's all we know it's referenced in rick and morty like it's it's a big enough cultural touchstone it it feels like it's one of those things everyone knows just that bit and so it's fun to like think more about that bit that's very very good and i'm glad you did that andrew have you seen edge of or uh, spider yet. yet not yet so your spider horse is in that movie. I know it's voiced by Taron Killam. Which is very good. Uh, yes, you're, the cowboy. Yeah. The cowboy is voiced by Taron Killam, which is yeah. incredible. Spider horse. I had not seen that. They even make the joke of why is the horse wearing a mask? Like it's, <laughs> it's a very very funny self aware thing, mm-hmm. and I I really like that. And I mean, my wife wasn't a horse girl, but she could have been a horse girl. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. it's all kind of that same energy. We're so. all we're all a couple decisions we're away all... from being a horse girl. <laughs> Inside us are two horses. <laughs> yeah, one well, is a well, girl and one is thousands of spiders. <laughs> one is, yeah, one of thousands of spiders dressed up as a horse. Well, while your partners were horse girling, uh, mine was doing lacrosse, but with that same kind of horse girl intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. The execs have left the powder room, and they're very excited to pick one of these movies today. So let's go through it. First, Todd. Unfortunately, they are not going to adapt Tear, Tarker, and Spider-X into a full-length feature film. However, you have been selected to be the animated short that appears before the <laughs> selection today in theaters to help pad the runtime and make the movie feel longer. Jack Black is going to sell it so hard, you're going to have to Moana it into a full movie. <laughs> Prove it. That, that's one exec looks you dead in the dead in his bloodshot eyes and tells you to prove it over Jing Shan Jing Shanosaurus's dead body. I won't. Matt, unfortunately, oh. Spider's Man is not going to be our flagship genre spider genre verse film. However, should the genre verse take off, they do want to slot you in for Halloween 2026 after they. They run some ideas, but we got to see how this idea pans out first. That means Andrew, Widow, the inspiring tale of a horse hero, is going to be our flagship genre verse movie. Matt, play some Casey Musgraves right here. Thank you very much. (laughs) We can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. (laughs) Listeners, pretend you're listening to Casey Musgraves right here. (laughs) To get the full experience, listen to Casey Musgraves right here. Everyone listening at home, thank you for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or at our website, DebateThisCast.com. Hey, do you want more Debate This content and are also cool with paying money for it? Well, if you answered yes to both of those things with equal enthusiasm or even less than equal enthusiasm, may I recommend checking out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash DebateThisCast. For only $5 a month, you'll get unlimited access to our premium feed, which includes ad-free episodes of Debate This, and you'll be able to listen to all of our current and backlog episodes of The Office Drones, our weird D&D podcast about office workers doing a fantasy time heist. We also only have a few episodes left until we transition into our next long-form series, Deconstructed, a Disney Channel original movie watch-along. Until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. I'm Matt. I didn't come up with a middle name. Here we are. Spiders man. Cole. <laughs> I'm Andrew. Horse girl intensity was the name of my high school ska band. Henderson. And I'm Todd. A post credit scene that is Eddie Brachiosaurus emerging from the tar pit as Venosaurus. Venomsaurus Rex. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. 